Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Tuesday, January 16th, 2024, and this is day 2,127 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we thank you, we praise you, and honor you above all others. Thank you so much for being our Lord, our Savior, for being our Father. Lord, thank you for engrafting us in to the family, to the kingdom of God, making us heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, my Lord, for your Holy Spirit who leads and guides us into all truth and who equips us with the power we need to accomplish everything you've given us to do. I thank you, Father, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, my Lord, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Today's message is, sometimes anger is necessary. Uh Uh-huh. It is a God-given emotion. Now, it's a matter of what we do with it. He doesn't intend for us to use it to do bad, but he does use it as a motivator I believe, and this is what I've seen in my own life, to uh, help us to do the good that he would have us to accomplish in this world, to take a stand for what is right. So we're coming out of John chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. John chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. And it says, when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, uh, and, and the Jewish Passover, let me just tell you this, the Passover... Uh, celebration took place yearly at the temple in Jerusalem. Every Jewish male was expected to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem during this time. And this is also, you can find it in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 16. This was a week-long festival. The Passover was one day, and the festival of unleavened bread lasted the rest of the week. So the entire week commemorated the freeing of the Jews from slavery in Egypt. So Jesus even attended uh, the Passover. So it says, uh, when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So this is really a serious thing. So exchanging money was, um, they were people from all over and their type of currency was not accepted in Jerusalem. So they would exchange their money for the the currency that was accepted. And they charge uh, a fee for that. And many of them charge an exorbitant fee for exchanging or changing the money over to the currency that was accepted. So this is what they were doing in the temple. Uh, Many people, you know, they would give sacrifices. So that's why they had cattle and sheep and doves. They were selling them because the people came to worship and part of their worship would be also to sacrifice an animal. 
Verse 15 says, so he made a whip out of cords and drove all the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered um, the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. This is what Jesus said. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. Wow, we need, need to be zealous about the work God is giving, has given us to do. The Jews then responded to him, what sign can you show us to prove your, your authority to do all of this? <laughs> Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. <laughs> so now they replied, uh, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you are going to raise it in three days. But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. This is again in retrospect. I remember God giving me a message on that a few days ago. In retrospect, we will remember things. Um, you know, we or we'll be like Mary, uh, Jesus's mother, when he, when when the Holy Spirit impregnated her uh, with Jesus. There were certain things that were done and said to her, and she pondered these things in her heart. And even when her her baby boy Jesus was born, there were certain things that took place, and she didn't understand it all, but she pondered it in her heart. We will do the same. There'll be some things we may not understand. These people didn't get it that, yeah, we know it took years <laughs> for that temple to be built, that physical temple, hundreds of years in some cases, 50 something years I was reading that it took and uh, they were still uh, remodeling it. No, Jesus was talking about him, his body. He would die for our sins and raise up victorious over death, over hell and over the grave in three days. But they didn't quite get it. But after he hung on that cross and died and rose up, his disciples then remembered the saying, what he had said. They were listening. So let's go to our points. Point number one. A few years ago, well, at a store, it was like a Target or Walmart. Uh, one day during the Christmas holiday, I witnessed a store supervisor bawling out a young man. I mean, in front of everybody, he looked like he was maybe about 16 years old and he was he was just putting hangers away at his register. And and, and the um, supervisor, I, I believe he was anyway, he he said, what are you doing? You need to be doing this and you need to be ringing people up. It was like the supervisor was just out of control. He was flustered. You could tell he he looked like he did not seem to know how to deal with people. And the way he did that, I saw it, many others saw it, and I was angry to the point. I mean, it, it was just something trivial to me that he fronted this young man off in front of everyone for. I was angry and sad at the same time. I, I felt so sorry for the young man and appalled at the supervisor. So I did something about it, even in my anger. I first of all, while I was next in line with this young man, I consoled him 
and I let him know that he was doing a good job. I mean, you could see his countenance, countenance had changed. He, he went from just this happy looking little cheerful young man to just so sad and broken. You know, this may have been his first job and he just was like, I'm, I didn't, I was just doing what you, what you said, very soft spoken. And, and this man's yelling at him and, and then the, the supervisor walked away. Uh, but I consoled the young man and said, you're doing a good job. Keep up the good work and, and don't let what he just said to you get you down as much as you can help it. And then after that, I took it a step further. I called the store uh, immediately because the supervisor went away and I described him. I reported it uh, to the his supervisor, who, whoever it was. I asked to, to speak to the supervisor over the people on the floor. And I told them that I didn't think he, the guy should be fired, but he needed some classes. He needed to be taught on how to treat his personnel, that he should never front them off in front of others. And they were very receptive. They said, oh, my goodness, that is not uh, acceptable. That is not our policy. That is not how we do things here. And I said, yeah, I understand that. And I, he may have been having a bad day, but whatever it was, it was not uh, acceptable for him to treat this young man or anybody in that way. And they said, we will definitely get on it and do something about it. Once I released my anger in a positive way by helping others, I felt relieved. It was like, I could take a deep breath and, and I could just release. And I was like, okay, I completed an assignment that God had given me. I know it was God because I, I'm like, oh no, this is horrible. And, and, and God just gave me a way to handle it in a way that was appropriate. Point number two, this is to me what Jesus was illustrating. First of all, let me just share out of my commentary what was going on here in the temple, okay? So the temple area was always crowded during Passover with thousands of out-of-town visitors. The religious leaders crowded it even further by, uh, by allowing money changers and merchants to set up booths in the court of the Gentiles. They rationalized this practice as a convenience for the worshipers. So you see, they were going there to worship God all right, so they they brought these people in in a way to make money, and they rationalized it by saying this is a making it a convenient for the worshipers and as a way to make money for the temple upkeep. But the religious leaders did not seem to care that the court of the Gentiles was so full of merchants that foreigners found it difficult to worship, and worship was the main purpose for visiting the temple. This, my friends, is why Jesus was angry. The temple tax had to be paid in local currency, as I said before, so foreigners had to have their money changed. But the money changers often charged exorbitant exchange rates. The people also were required to make sacrifices for sins because of the long journey. Many could not bring their own animals. Some who brought animals had them rejected for imperfect. Uh, imperfections. So animal merchants conducted a flourishing business in the temple courtyard. The price of sacrificial animals was much higher in the temple area 
than elsewhere. Come on now, you know, there are certain things that we have to have that we buy that people are charging outrageous amounts for because they know that we need it. So they're ripping the people off in some cases. Jesus was angry at the dishonest, greedy practices of the money changers and merchants. And he particularly disliked their presence on the temple grounds. They were making a mockery out of God's house of worship. So that's what, summing it all up, that's what was going on. So you see, God's temple was being misused by people who had turned it into a marketplace. They had forgotten or just didn't care that God's house is a place of worship, not a place for making a profit. Listen, our attitudes also toward the church is wrong if we see uh, it is a place for personal contacts. Oh, you know, hey, I'm going to go find me a mate. I'm going to go date. <laughs> I'm going to go find me a woman in church or a man in church. You know, I've heard people say things like that. So you're going for the wrong reason. But we're happy you're there. But, you know, we need to make sure that we get our minds right and understand I'm not there for that. I'm not there for a business advantage. I mean, oh, you find out that this particular person you've been trying to connect with for business purposes, that they go to this particular church. So you decide, I'm going to go there so I can connect with these people. That's the wrong reason for going. But, oh, listen, sometimes people go for the wrong reason and God gets their attention. Praise the Lord. But we need to make sure we attend church to worship the Lord. And focus in on him. You know, it. so many times we can get so consumed with everything else on our minds that we forget that I'm here to just focus on the Lord and tune everything else out and worship him. You know, I remember several years ago, I mean, my oldest daughter might have been about, um, she may have been like eight years old seven or eight. She's now getting ready to be 45. And I remember I would go shopping for her. And I've shared the story many times, but it's quite appropriate today. I was, I remember going to like one of the big department stores and uh, shopping for her. And I remember that they had all these cute little dresses and and uh, and I had said, well, I want this for my daughter, and this is her size. She was like an average size girl. I used to say plus size, but she's just average. You know, we we tend to put people in these, you know, categories. Uh, oh, you're you're this weight, so you're plus size, or you're this weight, so you're skinny. No, she was average, just the way God created her to be. And they didn't have her sizes in the cute dresses. They had only tent looking clothes. I'm I'm serious. Clothes that looked like a tent that didn't even they weren't even pretty. And uh, I said that I said, well, do you have this dress in her size? Well, ma'am, it's over there uh, in the corner up high. I mean, it was way up high. And I said, this is all you got. You don't have anything like this for her. And they said, no, ma'am, we don't. Basically, I was furious. I was so angry when I left that store. I started my own store for little girls like her. I mean, it just drove me (laughs) 
to do that. I'm, I'm telling you, I got that store started probably within a month. And the store was in my house. And I mean, it grew. I began to have <laughs> take over the living room, having clothing racks in there. People started coming. Uh, I I found a supplier. I ended up having to find some a seamstress to make some things. Where it was just it just flourished uh, that first couple of years. There were trials and tribulations. Don't get me wrong, but oh my goodness, out of anger. I was able to start something and I did it for a couple of years. It was starting to get <laughs> overwhelming in our house because my husband's like, oh my gosh, do we have a house anymore? Uh, but yeah, so did that for a couple of years and was able to bless so many other parents who were dealing with the same thing with their average size girls. Oh man, it was so fulfilling. And to see my daughter happy and you know, able to wear the same things that other girls wore that may have been a different size. I said, look at God. And once I was able to do that, I felt good. I felt fulfilled. Like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But it all started out of anger. What about you? What is it that God has put on your heart? You see something that's not right. You know it's not of God. And God is prompting you through that anger to do something about it. Think about that. What is it? I know it's something and I know you've seen it. And I know God has just been churning your heart with this is what I would have you to do to deal with that unfair treatment that's happening because you have what it takes to do it. Get busy doing what God has called you to do. Now, if you don't know Jesus, oh my goodness, that's the very first step you should make because that determines where you will spend eternity, either with Jesus for eternity or in hell with Satan. There is no in-between. Romans 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory be to God. I love you all so very much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on tzonekc.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth about life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation, human trafficking awareness, and DIY projects. Thank you all so, so much for your support, your prayers, and your donations. All right, Mighty Warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.